I'm an amusing typer. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's March 28, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 186. This is No Agenda. Teabagging the coffee party from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And the sun is shining again here in northern Silicon Valley, and I'm shining too. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crack Blood and Buzzkill in the morning. In the morning to you, John. And in the morning to everybody. It's nice to know that you're shining. Yeah, I know. I need some makeup. <laughs> Hold on. John C. Dvorak. Dvorak. What's that? Twit. I get no spam. Dvorak.org slash blog. <laughs> when did you do that thing? I never did that. That That's like a podcast, a video podcast you did. Somebody else did it. Yeah, no, except you appear in it. In the show notes, noagendashow.com. I just thought it was so funny. So what do you got here for your top of the news item? I got some good stuff. Uh, I think uh, before we hit top of the news, maybe we should talk about our executive producers. And before we even do that, I'd like to mention that uh, I've been receiving uh, emails throughout the week, like I usually do, from people sending ideas and links and stories. And I noticed that another great thing people are doing is they're putting their uh, producer or executive producer or associate executive producer credit into their uh, email signature. Yeah, I noticed that too. That's a good idea. It's great because, you know, then, you know, just as you email people around the globe, people are going to pick up on it and either say, hey, what that's, what's that about? Or, hey, wow, you're an executive producer. Or, hey, in the morning. It's really, it's a good idea. For all of the above. Yes. Who do we have as our executive producer uh, and or associate, uh, John? We have our executive producer is uh, David Ernie. Okay. Who's been... Faithfully donating, he's also at the top of the list, and he also gets a knighthood. By the way, he's up to he passed the limit. Oh, fantastic! And um, he uh, he said he got laid off before becoming a founding executive producer for the stream, and only two weeks later he got a job. I'm telling so, you, I'm t- you know, I'd, I'd hate to say donate because you'll get work, but the karma seems to be exactly that. Donate to no agenda works, he says. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Let's all donate for jobs. Jobs, jobs, <laughs> jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yay! So Excellent. he's the executive producer. And uh, and then our associate, we got three associate executive producers, uh, including Charles Walker, who uh, who was called out by his son, his 15-year-old son, Forrest, last week, who called him out as a douchebag. Douchebag. He says, Hi, John and Adam. The the donation is a token of my appreciation for the show and to get my son, Forrest, who called me out as a douchebag, off my back. (laughs) The amount donated, $240.10, is a buck for each episode plus 5510. Oh, nice. Which means we have to make sure he gets on the list. Well, you know know Uh, know what? This is going to go wrong because, you know, I'm sure the dad at the end of the day can afford more and he can out-douchebag his son and that'll be a never-ending. He's going to crush his kid. I'm also sending him a five dollar a month donation for both Forrest and myself. Oh, that's oh, that's great. Uh, and then we have uh, two hundred bucks from uh, you're going to have to pronounce this from Eindhoven, Netherlands. Joost, Joost, J O O S T. Joost, Joost, 
Uh, Schippenhain, which I think he's... he's try it again. I like that. It was close. No, I'm not going to try it again. You pronounce it. Joost Schipperheim. Oh, yeah. That sounds... Gesundheit. So, um... Cool. From Eindhoven. He's, he's a regular. And then we have from Virginia Beach, another Elise Gribus, G-R-Y-B-O-S, Elise. And this is a good one. Uh, and I'm assuming is yeah, yeah. I'm a special education teacher from Virginia Beach, and I love what you guys do. Recently, my little brother called me out as a douchebag, and I'd like to go on the record and say I'm not. I you also are. wanted to let my little brother know that I'm donating his birthday money. Happy birthday! <laughs> hey, do you want to? Uh, we could actually, uh, we could actually do that. That's a really good idea. The do birthday thing? Yeah, let's. Uh... Getting a bike? You thought you were getting? Uh... He's getting nothing. <laughs> he's getting nothing. He's You're getting, getting a song. He's getting a song. At least Grebos. I, I do we know uh, her brother's name? Well, that was from last week. I didn't have to look it up. So, but uh, no, not offhand. Well, uh, at least Grebos' brother. Happy birthday from No Agenda, my friend. So anyway, yes, Jeff Smith hits another one for us. The JeffSmith.com. Uh, who um, next week? I think we'll have to become Sir Jeff. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. I mean, considering... Unless you want to do it this week, because we do have another night that we'll bring up later. No, 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 because I'm sure that if... uh, Here's how it works. If we do a a knighthood for Sir Jeff, he'll probably do a knighthood song (laughs) for himself. Oh, you mean as opposed to your uh, hacking the arms off the guy's (laughs) tune? But we can do that, too. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought Jeff might come up with something better. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, do well, you think he might? You think? <laughs> <laughs> Duh. All right, what, let's get to some topics. Or what do you got? Oh, wait, on top wait, wait, wait. I've got one more thing. <sighs> what? Yeah, one more thing. We have an official no agenda groupie. Oh yeah, the groupie. Yes, we have Chelsea from Edmonton, Alberta, and uh, she sent us a picture, which will be in the uh, show notes uh, for this program at noagendashow.com. Uh, she has uh, many of the attributes necessary for a groupie. If you know what I mean. And she says uh, she'd be very happy to uh, send out pictures to help us get donations. Well, there you have it. I know that I saw her picture. She's kind of rosy cheeked. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm look, yeah. Now that I'm looking at her face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she might want to take no offense to rosy cheeked women out there. But uh, uh. my wife went through this. In fact, a friend of mine had it uh, and I pointed it out to her and she just thought it was a complexion issue but she, but she had rosacea which is a uh, yeah, looks that, fine when you first get it because it makes a rosy cheek but it becomes it's actually disfiguring uh, the, the W.C. Fields nose is a is an example but your, your cheeks do not look like W.C. Fields nose I'm just telling you that if left unchecked if you happen to have rosacea you get you end up getting disfigured by it it's just a problem only you, only the buzzkill John C. Dvorak can bring me down from a groupie story. I mean, it's I unbelievable. She should at least talk to us, see, make sure she doesn't have it. It's not. It's very treatable. It's not a big deal. John, and by the way, a lot John. of women who have their first baby end up with it right afterwards. It's a very strange uh, ailment. Yeah, well, 
What? This is a happy moment. We have a groupie, you know. And uh, well, oh, a happy groupie. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, we appreciate having more groupies. The fact that we have we've been doing this show for three years and we have one groupie says it all. <laughs> this is a good deal. Anyway, Charles Walker, Elise Gribos, and of course David Ernie. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. Thank you very much for being the No Agenda executive producers. It'll help you get work. You can put it in your email signature on your resume and we'll vouch for you and we appreciate the support. Knighthood's coming later in our Knighthood segment uh, for the show. Uh, John, you seem to be so jacked up. Uh, Why don't you just go right ahead with your news? There's a lot of bad stuff in the news. Let's do a start with uh, something that I've been putting off because we, for some reason, never get around to it. Now that you're going to give me the opening, I want you to play the clip. Um, let's see. Water on fire. No, no. Water on fire I like to do, but no green jobs. Okay. Just right off, no setup? Just go straight into uh, it? Just play it. The forecast says that California's unemployment rate will not drop back to single digits for another year, fueled by a growth in manufacturing, agriculture, and shipping and warehousing. Notice something missing? NBC Bay Area's Garvin Thomas is here with what much hyped industry is not on that list and who says it should be. Garvin. Tom, green technology is what is not on the list. The author of the Anderson forecast says there just doesn't seem to be enough demand for jobs like solar panel installers or wind turbine workers to make a dent in the state's unemployment rate. He says that all the hype that green is going to drive the economy, well, it's just not true. Duh. (laughs) Duh. Well, here, let's take it another level. Let me just read from uh, a, this has been underreported in this, but it's been floating around for the last, almost the last two months. Uh, I'll just read right here. Nearly $2 billion, that's with a B, in money from the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act TARP has been spent on wind power, funding uh, the creation of enough new wind farms to power 2.4 million homes over the past year. But the study found that nearly 80% of that money has gone to foreign manufacturers of wind turbines. Yeah. According to our estimates, about 6,000 jobs have been created overseas and maybe a couple of hundred have been created in the U.S. It's going to China. It's going to Spain. It's going everywhere, but it's not going to Americans uh, at all. And this whole thing is just a giant scam. I think it's even uh, I think it's even worse, John. I was hearing about the tax credits for um, green manufacturing. And so apparently if you buy or materials that go into green industry, uh, no sales tax will be charged. And of course, you know what? What is materials that go into green industry? Well, is it like copper wire uh, for wind turbines? I mean, it could be anything. And and there's even uh, un- unclarity as to exactly what green unclarity yeah. <laughs> unclarity. Hey, yeah, I, just I, I had me some high school. It's unclear. As to exactly what uh, what goes into green industry, and so they're they're giving hundreds of billions of tax in t- uh, or hundreds of billions in tax breaks to stuff that we can't even define. 
Iberdrola, one of the world's largest operators of renewable energy worldwide, is based in Spain, has received the most U.S. stimulus uh, money, 570, $577 million, uh, It's alone. It buys some of its turbines from another Spanish manufacturer, Gamisa, which has a U.S. connection. Gamisa has two facilities that manufactures turbine blades in Pennsylvania, but the company said the market forced it to temporarily lay off work, 100 workers. So we have a negative input. The ABC News affiliate down in San Diego went to one of the offices getting some of this money that Apparently, nobody has bothered to overcheck them out. They find, they went to the mall where the office was, and the place was uh, the American company. Right. Was, uh, but, but of it course, was it, empty. No it office does, it there. It su- doesn't surprise you, does it, really? No, of course not. But it's huh. not. It, why, you think somebody would mention it? Oh, no, of course not. Well, we're way too busy with Jesse James. Jesse James. And Sandra Bullock. Hey, you know, I've noticed something about that whole Jesse James, Sandra Bullock thing. I know we, it's it's total real news, but there's something really frightening going on about this. What? Uh, over the weekend, I watched a lot of CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, and of course you have the weekend crew on, so it's all info babes. Uh, some of which, by the way, who have actual expression because they haven't been through the Botox uh, treatment yet. But all these women are sitting there, and of course they, they tease the story for 20 minutes. Coming up, news on Jesse James, there's another woman who's coming. And, uh, and they finally get to the segment, and then basically, and, oh, here's a journalist, and she's going to talk about, well, yes, we found out there's yet another woman coming forward about Jesse James. And then they do, they'll quetch together, and, and it's always the same thing. It's always, I would have beat him up with a baseball bat. Yeah, I would have kicked his ass. It's really violent. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I've, I've, no, I've, I've did, haven't. It hasn't come to the top of my uh, no, my I, thinking. But I you're know, right. But- I think they've all done this. They've all had. In fact, there's something going on that that's peculiar in all these situations, including the uh, the mean spirited. Uh, porn star who had the uh, affair with tiger woods she's yes. on every news show yeah and somebody i think somebody pointed out you know, here's a woman who has you know sex on camera and she's <laughs> you know her feelings are hurt yeah uh <laughs> but it's like uh but 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 it, it's it's very specific that women are outraged and so angry but they t- continuously talk about violence against these men and then you know even Sandra Bullock of course she foolishly when um, when Tiger when the whole Tiger Woods thing came out which by the way I think is planned I'm thinking now more on that later um, she said oh Elon didn't do enough with the golf club I would have taken a baseball bat to his head you know, it's like it's like why are women if if men talk like that you know when a woman cheats on a guy it's like, oh, you know, crap, right? And gee, that's never happened. Yeah, and or or um uh I think the only time men really uh, will get violent is, you know, when they uh, in in divorce, you know, like ah, the witch, the bitch, ah, you know, it would be cheaper to shoot her. That's probably what you might hear, but when it comes to cheating, you never hear men say, "I'd beat her up. I'd take a baseball bat to her head." Can you imagine the outrage? Can you imagine the outrage if that was on television if someone actually said that? But yeah, no, there'd but, be outraged, but nobody seems to be outraged by these uh, these, by these women doing it. Yeah, and and it's, and it's Joy Behar. Oh my God! You know that's that's you the actually worst. watched Joy. Wait a minute, you've yeah. given yourself away. Yes, I you have. actually watched Joy yeah, Behar show. I, I well, I told you, I you know, I got to see what the people are being programmed with. So <laughs> you give me crap about this stuff. Yeah. All right. Move, hey, by the along. way, play Earth Hour. We missed it. 
Yeah, <laughs> that, that was actually very high on my list to talk about today. On March 27th, 8.30 p.m., millions around the world will turn off their lights. For one whole hour. All over the world. Earth Hour. It's time for America to lead on clean technologies and clean jobs. Because we care about our planet and our country. Let the world know you want action on climate change. Turn out for Earth Hour. It's simple. March 27th, 8.30 p.m. Yeah, I think we missed it last year, too. 8.30 p.m.? What, <laughs> Pacific Standard, uh, Eastern Standard, Mexican no, it's, time? No, it's supposed to be 8.30 everywhere you go. It's supposed to be like a rolling, a rolling thing. A rolling blackout? Yeah, exactly. It's a rolling blackout. Of course, you know, I, you know, it's interesting. Does the White House turn off? I don't think so. You see uh, uh, Parliament... Yeah, turn off your security while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I really uh, this is it, it's a very weird thing, um, and it's almost as bad as all, as all this news about um, daylight savings time. You know the British are back. I think this happens every year. Uh, the British get into this big fight in Parliament, saying you know we should uh, move the clocks ahead two hours instead of one hour. I think actually the uh, they, <laughs> they sprang why, forward. Why? Yeah, let's be different. No, seriously, they're like it, it'll it'll, it'll save billions of dollars in uh, in in global warming uh, reduction. <laughs> and then Russia actually cut a number of time zones. You know, they have eleven time zones in uh, in Russia because the country is so vast. They've actually cut it down to nine. They just took away. I'm telling you, somewhere this this theft of time. There's something about it, and it stinks. I don't trust it. Something they, these guys know something we don't. There's something about stealing these hours and uh, and changing it all around that we're just not clued into. Well, I don't know. All I know is that I didn't turn. I forgot about this thing. Well, I was going to mention on Thursday's show, and then uh, we missed it because I think today's the twenty twenty eighth. We missed it by a day. Well, I, I stood here. Um, did, you, the, did you look out the window? You have a view. Yeah, of the, I have. I have a perfect view of all. I can see all the way down to the all to the to the ocean. Actually, so I see all of downtown Los Angeles. Well, John, if if there was a flicker of light, it would have been something. That was like absolutely nothing. And you still I had didn't the, see anything happen yesterday. And the W still had their blue searchlights going. Yeah, I was like, nothing turned off. Are you kidding me? Well, who dreams up this crap? I mean, we we didn't actually we we took this so unseriously. Another wacky word. Yes. Uh, that uh, we didn't even look into who's behind it. There's obviously someone's behind it. You know, and, and this commercial, by the way, is extremely annoying. I hate commercials where they go from kid to kid to kid to kid to kid yeah. to kid. Each one of them saying like one half of a sentence about something as if there's some sort of, you know, the whole thing just it's fair. It's I don't like it. No, I, I didn't look into it. I'm sure if we looked at the website, I'm sure there's some huge PR company behind it for some some kind of man, some kind of uh, no, they got the global warming thing mentioned yeah. to keep that alive. Of course, oh man, and we could talk about that every single week if we wanted to. Yes, thank God we don't. And what we're not going to talk about because I think it's actually covering up something much, uh, much more interesting is Pope Gate, which no one has coined it that yet. I don't understand why it's so obvious. Pope Gate. Let's just say it right here first. Uh, now there's a Dutch. Uh, a Dutch bishop has come out with reports of abuse. Uh, this just doesn't stop. The, the Pope just can't seem to get a break, <laughs> as it were. Uh, but the real news, and I don't know if this is covering it up or not, um, the Vatican Bank is under investigation for a money laundering scheme. 
Ooh. involving one of Italy's largest banks. Um, the uh, the one transaction so far identified is a 180 million euro transaction, um, and this goes all the way up to the top uh, of the Vatican Bank. And of course, the you know that's a lot of what uh, what the Vatican is about is their their banking uh, their banking system. Let's not forget that. Um, but there's actually a billion dollar uh, insurance lawsuit now against the Vatican. A billion. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. One point three billion of bad debts, and uh, and so there's all these insurance companies are jumping on board. Very interesting that uh, you know they turn up the heat on Pope Gate when uh, there's a billion dollars at stake. I wonder if uh, you know it just makes you wonder. Is one trying to cover up the other? That hey, let's just throw a couple of these old geezers under the bus so no one talks about the real shit that's going on. It's possible. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We just got somebody sending me something. Sorry. That's okay. So, um, else I that's... guess that's it for today's show. We'll be out of here. We'll be back <laughs> no. again on Thursday. I was, I was waiting for you. but no, There's another some... no agenda. There's something else that happened uh, Saturday as I was watching through the, uh, through the real news. Uh, Mickey was out working, so, uh, you know, Hollywood and Vine. And... Uh, She's going to come in here and beat me with a baseball bat. Now she's in the gym <laughs> listening to the show. Uh, something happened that is really bad. The youth of America, there's really, really horrible stuff happening. Listen to this, John, this report. This is really, really bad that's going on. We can't handle this. Oh, crap. I was uh, as a f- YouTube. Nice timing. Yeah, YouTube is doing freaking pre-rolls now. Since when did that happen? Oh, that started some time ago. You actually subscribe. You you uh, you can sign up. What YouTube has done, they let you sign up for a special program if they if they can guarantee that your uh, clip is absolutely public domain or you own it. Right. And then they put a pre roll and you get a piece of the action. You get like, I think that you can get as much as a buck or two every really? month. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. And the flash mob. Well, it's a group of people who use social networking sites to create instant gatherings in public places. The original idea was just for fun, but that has changed. CBS News correspondent Manuel Gallegas has more. This was the scene as a flash mob suddenly took over South Street in Philadelphia last Saturday night. Thousands of teens converged in a gathering that turned violent. There were fights, Uh, assaults, including one on... By the way, you see a couple of kids, like, jumping around like pogo dancing. ...a police officer and several arrests. (laughs) It was the fifth rowdy flash mob in Philly in the last year. Stop the stupidity. Cut it out. That's That's the police commissioner... Listen to this. Listen to what these guys are saying. Does he talk like this? No, listen, listen. It gets really good. Cut it out. We're not messing around. The flash mob phenomenon started about... He sounds like the guy on the Family Guy show, the black guy. (laughs) He is that guy. Listen to it. It gets better. It gets better. Seven years ago, texts, tweets, and Facebook are used to spread the word about impromptu gatherings that are sometimes playful, even absurd. Like this mass pillow fight in San Francisco, a snowball fight in D.C. It's the combination of technology as an enabling and gathering device. That, by the way, is Larry Magnet. <laughs> CBS News technology analyst is like a, a, a Larry's a cool guy, but he's a hundred years old and he's trying to explain flash mob, the technology of flash mob. Life 
and ultimately people coming together in the old-fashioned way to have a good time. But lately, flash mobs have become more aggressive in Boston, New Jersey, and especially in Philadelphia, where victims of Saturday's assault want police to take action. It's just going to get worse if they don't, and uh, I'm glad they had the conference, okay, and uh, we'll see what happens. City officials are working with the FBI to track future flash mobs and warning parents to keep a closer eye on their kids. You had them, you raise them, you take care of them. When they come to me, I got something else for them. They may That's even right. yeah. I'm going to kick your kids' got a big stick. ass when they kick it ass. So th- this is very interesting to me. Because first of all, you know, I'm looking at these flash mobs and I'm not really seeing, you know, it's not like people are overturning cars and setting shit on fire. It's a bunch of, actually a, a lot of girls, surprisingly, who are just flash mobbing. And, uh, yeah, they're going out to dance. But this, but what's interesting is this scares the authorities. They're really afraid of this. This is what you're, this is, they're like freaking out and we're going to get the FBI to track people. And, you know, this is going to become an illegal activity. And I say, this is the, this is the ultimate civil disobedience because, of course, you're not doing anything wrong by just flash mobbing. We need a lot more of this. This freaks them out. And we need a flash mob on the south side, and then the cops show up there, we disperse, then boom, we go over to the north side, the east side, the west side. Freak them out. I love this. This is you watch, John. This is something really big. And kids, the minute you it's say been going on for years, I know, but now but now the cops are like freaking out because the they're, they're just doing it for no reason. You know, other than maybe uh, they hate what's happening in their cities, their towns, and everything is closed and and messed up, and they're just like boom, flash mob. I love this. We got yeah. There's more nothing else to mobs. do in a lot of places. We we need more flash mobs. Yeah, the I cities have it. decided to just load themselves up with overpaid bureaucrats. Some towns that went like went bankrupt, like Vallejo, they had fire people firemen and 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 just civil servants getting 250 to 400,000 dollars a year plus a full pension you know and meanwhile they're just sucking the city dry of course they went broke and bankrupt but which is going to happen in a lot of places and they you know they don't have any community centers or they don't have anything for kids to do anymore it's just it's and there's no jobs for kids so they can't you know get tired working all day i mean it's just pathetic the situation and then the schools aren't teaching them anything they're a bunch of you know essentially just put uh, babysitting centers. It's ridiculous. Right. And, but did you hear these cops? Like you, you kids, if you don't keep them in check, I got something for them. I'm going to, I'm going to kick their ass. Shut up, slave. slave. Yeah. That guy should be fired on the spot. It was two different guys, by the way. They should both be fired. Yeah. Slave. Shut up. Slave. Not, it's not a job of the police. I want to be threatening the public. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's exactly know, it's threatening what it is. the public. I mean, why is the why is the police department <laughs> threatening the public? Because that's their job. You get, there's crime. Go go arrest somebody. Go yeah. threat the public. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, but this is what it is. Slave. Shut up, slave. Slave. Well, on a lighter note, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're going to talk about marijuana. I got a deconstruction on the marijuana thing that's quite interesting. But I got the story that floated through. You probably got it too, because you know anything to sell these crazy vaccines. Oh, oral dude. sex linked to head cancer. <laughs> I know this is great. So this, of course, is to sell. Uh, what gar- is head cancer? 
It's head and throat cancer. My head is, is my head. <laughs> and it, but but notice this is Gardasil. So of course they have to come up with a reason to sell this horrible vaccine, which has been hurting young girls for HPV, cervical cancer. So I guess the the, the way they're selling it now is well, if you perform oral sex on a girl with cervical cancer, well, you get a head cancer. Of course, it makes total sense. And by the way, has not hand cancer and finger cancer risen recently john where well, are those that'll reports? be coming up next <laughs> if they don't sell it with this they're gonna have to come up with something new a tongue cancer oh my god tongue, tongue cancer could be yeah I'm, I'm looking for the uh the actual report because these guys are serious about it they're, they're, i mean they're actually serious the, the way the way they report it this growth seems to be linked to cancers caused by the human papilloma Papillomo virus, uh, scientists said in reporting the British Medical Journal. Journal two vaccines, Cervarix and, and Gardasil. Gardasil, can prevent HPV, which causes virtually all cases of cervical cancer. Really, the second most common cancer in women. It's not true, by the way. That right? doesn't sound right. It's not. It's all, it's all a lie. It's an absolute lie. And these guys are spending money like nobody else's business. We got an email from uh, Christopher, who is a, uh, a political science major at uh, University of Washington in Seattle. So about a week ago, one of the editors of the school paper wrote about how we as a school had so few cases of swine flu and how it must have been because everyone was so careful to wash their hands, etc. Not, not because the disease was not really a big issue, obviously. Anyway, he says, I dismissed it until a few days later when the paper ran a half-page ad, which uh, was masked as a public service announcement for Gardasil. And he says, indeed, Merck is actually financing the school paper. Financing it. Wow. They're buying ads in university newspapers, which is... Have those always been commercial? Yeah. Okay. So they're smart. They're out there like, hey, we got to sell this. Hey, kids, you're going to get a head cancer. <laughs> they should uh, jack up the rates for those guys. They should refuse them. This is no, no. School paper editors and publishers jack up the rates, triple it. They don't know the difference. But this is this whole thing with... Uh, with vaccines that's being pushed, uh, you know, we've done a lot of research, uh, and anyone can do this on the uh, on the big pharmaceutical websites. Uh, you down, you want to download the uh, the CEO's presentation, which is usually a PowerPoint. The best ones are when they present to the financial industry, so it'll be like uh, a PowerPoint for the J.P. Morgan Pharmaceutical Conference, and and throughout all of them, it's like, oh, you know, the next wave for us, the pipeline is vaccines. Vaccines is what it's going to be all about. Then you look at the health care bill, and you see that there will be no co-payment for vaccines. Those will be 100% um, insured or insured to the max. You'll never have to to put in a a, a co-payment for that. Um. Free shots for everybody. Well, Mikey actually sent something very interesting. Remember we uh, talked on Thursday about uh, um, this, what was it called? The, uh, the, pig, uh, the pig virus that was mixed in with, uh, here, the, here it is, the, the circovirus type 2 and type 1. Yeah. That, that was mixed up in. Which vaccine was that mixed up in, John? I don't remember. It well, was mixed up with something. Well, anyway, well, listen to this. So it was... They put the they pulled this product off the market because of this non uh, non or, or this vi this pig virus that's not lethal to human beings, 
But Mikey found on PubMed.gov a little uh, announcement that uh, a vaccine against porcine circovirus has been uh, developed and uh, ready to go into trial. So the way I see it is maybe they were trying to spread this porcine circovirus. Yeah, and this has been a theory we've had before when Baxter dropped the bird flu, of all things, in a virus for some unknown reason. Oh, it was a mistake. Yeah, so they so they accidentally make this mistake again, yet right on the heels of it is a vaccine against this so-called uh, virus that is not uh, not lethal to human beings. So, just so makes, what do we know? What, do, what, makes, what have we learned from this exercise? Well, here's here's what I've got. What I've got is that the whole actually somebody I, said I, the stream went dead. Check it. Um, no, we're st- as far as I know, we're still up. Okay. Um, I have a soundbite, um, and this is this is a new meme coming in, John, that you and I absolutely are, and this has to do with vaccines. Uh, so you know, of course, there's a lot of you know, we went from anti-vaxxers to uh, do you I name have it. to do I have to find the meme? Uh, it'll be pretty freaking apparent. Uh, this actually is from Doctor Kiki Science Hour. Oh, Dr. Kiki. Yes, Dr. Kiki. And she was interviewing Greg Poland. Uh, Greg Poland is from the, uh, he's at the Vaccine Research Center at the Mayo Clinic. It turned out that this uh, pandemic H1N1 virus that, uh, that we've just had two waves of turned out to be a very lethal virus for pregnant women. Oh, really? Where was that reported, John? Uh, play it again? He's, well, this is not the meme, but... He said, listen to what he says. It turned out that this uh, pandemic H1N1 virus that, uh, that we've just had two waves of. Two waves of? Turned out to be a very lethal virus for pregnant women. Really? Oh, really? I, I, I didn't hear that. A very lethal virus for pregnant women. And notice how he talks about the two waves. The two waves. Yeah, now, that way they can they get that that kind of thinking in the public yeah, mind. So the, if the, there's two, there could be three. And as you know, it's always the third wave of the tsunami. The one that is the one that really kills. It's the lucky three. So keep listening as uh, as he starts to lay out his true agenda. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the military, the Department of Defense, and the NIH are looking or developing a program where they would either come up with antibodies or convalescent serum from people who had other people had been infected and recovered and now have really high antibody titers of it and use that as a potential treatment for people who were at severe risk of dying uh, of that infection. This sounds like a science fiction story. This is the lead researcher for vaccines from the Mayo Clinic, one of the most prestigious uh, clinics in the world. It continues. Pregnant women might be one group of those individuals. Yeah, and if have, did they do that research? Is that something they, that's ongoing? Are, the Navy, right? The Navy. Here's where it comes. Uh, interestingly enough, we had a teleconference about this yesterday. Listen to the... the <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> we had a teleconference because I'm really... I'm interestingly in the, enough. Interestingly enough. It's interesting you bring that up. And this is ongoing work that the Navy is funding and, and the NIH. Well, that's good. I'm glad somebody's working on it. That's Yes, thank you, Dr. Kiki. Good. <laughs> um, you know, of course, the whole... the whole Here it comes. Whole, uh, the, the thing that causes me to gnash my teeth and, mm-hmm. and causes me a lot of uh, uh, anxiousness 
is that we develop these vaccines in, 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 in higher and higher technologic ways that are hard to communicate to the public. Ah, hey, you stupid slave. You <laughs> what is he saying? Wait, listen, listen. You, you are, you know, this is high science. This is high technology. High science. science. It's very difficult to communicate this to the public. The people so are idiots. You need to shut up and sit down, slave. Right. So the more high tech it is and the more science fiction-y that it sounds. <laughs> the more science fiction it is. <laughs> Skip logic, he sounds like. <laughs> it gets better. The, heart- the harder it is to communicate to the public yeah. and the more suspicion they have. Yeah, really? You don't <laughs> You wonder <say>. why. <laughs> As to the safety of, of that vaccine, mm-hmm. and the more problem we have getting them to take that vaccine. So here is where the intersection of psychology and human behavior dramatically impacts the science and the health of the public. Okay, here it comes. Here's where we all go wrong, John. And also fear about the military funding research projects. Sure, the military, the government. <laughs> I'm sure know, there are the- tons of conspiracy theories that'll come out of. <laughs> oh, oh, raising my hand. Hello, Dr. Kiki. I'm raising my hand. I'm the conspiracy theory over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we hear these all the time, <laughs> including some that are really outrageous. <laughs> I mean, there was a theory floating around that <clears throat> the government uh, was. Putting you know something in his throat. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to his no, theory. No, that's a sign of it. These guys just about to lie. Oh, really? No, cleared his throat just before he said this. Let's oh, go back listen, and back yeah, it up. I'm listening. around that the government... Oh, good catch. <clears throat> okay, but listen to what he says. ...government uh, was putting something in certain lots of vaccines and somehow funneling these only to members of minority communities to either make them sick or to decrease fertility rates. Had you heard that? No. And neither had I. <laughs> He's the and guy. We're the, the conspiracy guy. I mean, come on. I, mean, I had never heard this up. up. I never heard <clears throat> that. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> kill, kill black people. <clears throat> Here it comes. Oh, no. This is, this is uh, crazy thinking. It's crazy thinking. And, but how do you combat that sort of thinking? And, and yeah. An interesting book has been written about Here's the plug. This general concept of uh, sort of risk and statistical mm-hmm. literacy, mm-hmm. and it's called innumeracy. Aha. Uh-huh. So oh, it turns out innumeracy. So it turns out that a lot of the public are innumerates. You innumerate oh, boo. <laughs> boo. What a plug of crap. Innu- <laughs> hey, innumerate. People, you, I can barely pronounce it myself. That was this guy's thinking. Innumerate. <laughs> Enumerate summa cum laude. <laughs> what this is unbelievable. These people are enumerants. D- John, you enumerate slut. Well, I thought denialists, well, at least they had some legs. No, I like enumerate. That's much better. Which mean which means that you can't calculate risk based upon numbers. That's what it means, uh, right? Enumerate. I don't know. Is that yeah. what it means? No, Beats me. Well, he, you want to hear him explain it? No, I don't care. I think he's an idiot. <laughs> I've lost all respect for the man. Of course, and for the Mayo Clinic in general. This is an outrage. An outrage, I tell you. Anyway, so so does that offset my watching Joy Is he Behar? talking about, like, viruses for smoking and things like these other... I'm sorry, oh, vaccines yeah. for smoking? Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like... Oh, yeah, these people, guys... Are, people aren't suspicious about oh, yeah. this sort of thing? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, of course. 
virus. I'm sorry, I keep saying virus, but I'm, well, maybe virus vaccine, causes smoking. Vaccine, I don't think so. Vaccine. But vaccine. I mean, well, what what is there to cure? It's bullshit. I mean, what, what is the what is the, uh, the the what's the, what what dead bacteria or, or attenuated viruses are in the vaccine that stops you from smoking? Oh wait, I'm an enumerate. What would I know? Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, his main research actually is an anthrax vaccine. Yeah, but anthrax is not a virus. It's not like something you pick up. It's something you get infected with. But um, it's a spore. It's a, yeah. So you know, it's like that's not that's not really a vaccine. That's like, no, I think it is. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, I like this. I like the uh, the phobia vaccine best. They'll, you know what they'll yep. have? They'll have an anti enumerate vaccine. Well, then good luck with that. <laughs> All you enumerates lying up here. That, I guess only the people in the north will be able to uh, pronounce the word. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't mean to say not that. Really? Have you been? Uh, Reading more of your um, Family of Secrets book? Yeah, you know, it kind of craps out. I would recommend people reading the first five chapters, and then you get, you're, you're, you're kind of lit up. And, but when you get to near the end, it's just kind of just, just dawdles. The thing that, uh, that, that hit me, and I'm, uh, I'm about where you were on Thursday. I'm about halfway through. And, it, and, and it's, it's ongoing throughout the entire book, and it didn't really hit me, the, the irony of it. Of course, we know that... Uh, we, you know, we're in Afghanistan and we're there for the, uh, for the, for the poppies, for the heroin, uh, not just to, uh, uh, to eradicate it. No, we're did there you, to, did you for, see the photos that are coming out now showing the troops? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they, they, they invaded Marja and they, and they actually took the crops. They harvested it and took it back into the helicopters. I know I have yeah. the picture in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. And then nobody uh, seems to think twice about this. No, it's like they have big. Our own soldiers have big bushels of poppies on their back. They've harvested the poppies. They're actually showing pictures of them putting it on the aircraft. <laughs> How stupid can it get? But the thing that hit me in the book is what is George H. Walker Bush's nickname? Poppy. Poppy Bush. It's like it's so obvious. Why do you think they call and it's P-O-P-P-Y. Yeah, it's like Poppy Bush. I mean, it's it's the it's the biggest joke ever. Everyone, if, and of course, we're not on the inside circle, so we don't get it because we're enumerates. But now I understand. You know, these guys are part of the the Bush Clinton uh, crime syndicate, and they call it they call the the Grand Poobah. They call the the Don the copy to Tutti copy. They call him Poppy Bush because he's the the man behind all of the heroin. It's amazing. <laughs> You know, I recommend the book to everybody. I'll put uh, another link in the it's show. It's laughable. It really is. And all the good it does for us to d discuss this stuff. So anyway, let's talk about some other uh, some other uh, things. Okay. Let's take a look at my uh, clips here. A couple of things. Uh, we did the Earth Hour. Oh yeah, there's this 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 thing called fracting or frac you know some hydraulic fracturing, uh, and is resulting in a bunch of interesting. Uh, this was done by uh, the Frontline crowd, and uh, play. Uh, it, of course, I got to spell A Y E R O N. Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, play that. It's the weirdest. I mean, it's the weirdest thing you'll ever experience. You know, at first, it's like a pyromaniac's kind of dream. You know. Okay, it's, stop. All 
So they've there's and if you look up uh, either water on fire or lighting water on I think lighting water on fire yeah in Google it, it's it's not like a million hits but you get hits from all over the place Alberta I got one from Alberta Canada all over Colorado uh, apparently in Pennsylvania there's and what happens is that they're extracting all this uh, these small oil companies are extracting uh, natural gas by pumping a bunch of water and other crap into the ground and then just punching it in there and it and it and it fractures the um the sub elements or whatever the the rocks are down there at eight thousand feet and causing a minor earthquake I might mention. And then huh. uh all this natural gas comes up, but apparently it's been mixing in with the water table, and so people are opening their faucets, and the next thing you know... <laughs> the shit's the, on fire. The shit's on fire. <laughs> so play this clip. Just play the clip. All the 11-year-old boys in that town knew they could do it before their parents knew. And when- this, this is like, when I was a kid, we used to like go into the closet and snap the lifesaver to make a spark. Kids these days, they get to light their faucet on fire. This is awesome. Yeah. And I you know, saw that, because this phenomenon of being able to light your water on fire in a gas drilling area is fairly common. It's common? It's, yes. It's, it was reported in Demick, it was reported in Wyoming, it was reported in Canada. Plus, when it's coming in out of your tap, it's full of benzene, it's unrefined, it has carcinogenic chemicals in it. Here's the thing, though. Josh Fox didn't know if there was something profoundly wrong with the whole system of drilling for natural gas. And just last week, the government announced it will conduct the first nationwide scientific study to determine once and for all if the process used is contaminating people's water. There's a difference between the occasional mistake being done when you're looking for underground... Yeah. Awesome. Okay, now here's a couple of points that come out as you start watching this. One, where's the EPA? Hey, I thought the fluoride was bad. Now <laughs> yeah, this shit just blow, was blows bad. up in your face. Yeah, just drinking straight hey, can, up can benzene. I, is it okay if I smoke near the swimming pool? Or, uh, <laughs> so uh, so the, where's the EPA? Now, this report says that these guys, these natural gas drillers, and by the way, there's no big companies, it seems. It's all a bunch of little guys, so any one of them, if they, after they, if they poison the all the water and you know in the entire state of Colorado which is possible uh, they they just go bankrupt that's fine it's too bad bye and uh, but meanwhile the EPA apparently has been pushed away from this because some legislative types and we'll find out who they are by the way we'll look into this have made it so natural gas drillers are exempt from clean water something some there's some law that that you can't mess with the water supply and yeah. these guys have been exempt from it and so so the EPA of course there's a million other possible things to go after but the EPA has been supposedly they can't go after these guys because of that which I find to be somewhat bogus because the EPA they can go after anything they want. They can go after anything they, they want. They have superpower. They have capes and stuff. Here, John, <laughs> I'll look at a little song for you. <laughs> little smoke on the water, everybody. <laughs> That's where that song came from. Yeah, so anyway, course. so uh, I have a second clip. Let's play that, and then we'll talk about this a little more. When you're looking for underground natural gas or if there's a systematic problem with the process and let's talk about that process it's called hydraulic a hydraulic fracture it's like a cool nickname fracking well fracking yeah I'm... <laughs> oh boy i can feel this one coming fracking is fracking uh, histor- what the frack are you doing historically a, a method of last resort it's a desperation technique when your gas well or your oil well is running out and it's no longer free flowing you go in and frack it and then flush it with water try to break apart the formation get a lot of water, water. 
Well, in this case, a lot of water. And that, uh, traditional fracking is this method of last resort. So as we run out of these things, you know, the last resort becomes the primary uh, objective. Let's take a look at the graphic from your film. Sure. It blasts a mix of water and chemicals 8,000 feet into the ground. The fracking itself is like a mini earthquake. The intense pressure breaks apart the rock and frees up the gas. In order to frack, you need some fracking fluid. A mix of over 500... <laughs> John, come on. There's humor there. In order to yeah, frack... Well, yeah, some... but here's, a, here's the problem I'm having with this whole report, besides the fact that I'm sure this is causing problems. A, uh, First but of all, they, B, what, it, they, they never say what these chemicals are. They say it's a, that's 500 different chemicals. Well, what's the point of putting chemicals in this water that you're pumping into the ground? It makes no sense at all and they never explained the rationale they never talked to anybody in the industry and about they cause it. a mini earthquake hello hello the, the chemic what chemicals are these and why are they being used at all because fracking used to be just a water phenomenon now the second thing is why is this being investigated now all of a sudden well i think it's because of charles schumer because oh. it seems as if they want to start doing this kind of uh, extraction of natural gas, which apparently our country is just filled with. We're filled with hot gas. And uh, so they're going to start doing it in New York. And New York has one of the best, biggest aquifers best, providing really outstanding water. Unfiltered best water and un in the country, they say, in New York. It's, it's delicious. It's in New York City. It, all they have to do is start it up there and ruin the water for all of Manhattan and the uh, boroughs. And the next and this would be a disaster for all the politicians, so Schumer's going to put a stop to it because he knows he's going to be – and every other New York politician is going to be ousted if they contaminate the New York water supply, which is quite likely if you listen to this report. But anyway, this is going on, you know, extremely underreported. The guy the, – what they do is they come into a little community. They think there's enough natural gas, and they essentially lease the mineral rights from all the – all the uh, people that live there uh, at about five thousand dollars an acre, and so if you have ten acres, they give you a check for they scratch you a check for fifty grand, and the next thing you know, your your water's on fire. So why all of a sudden? Yeah. So where this has clearly been done for a while. And by the way, I'm one of the appeals of the Hilltop Watchtower is it has a complete. Uh, water filtration system with reverse osmosis. I've got all kinds of tanks and stuff that it goes through. So the water I have in my house, as, even the water that comes out of the shower, is uh, is completely purified. And I am so happy because yeah, this, well, this is bad stuff. Well, the point is it shouldn't be that way. There's no reason we can't have clean, fresh water, especially in California where we have these mountain ranges that you know pretty much – filter the water for us and uh, but the only reason that we have contaminated water is because of either uh, pollution uh, pesticides I mean all these other things that you know we just abuse and now this fracking BS which is going to kill us all so anyway, uh, I, that's I love my the, report yeah, for the day I, I love the name though that well you win fracking? 10 yeah. points yes fracking I love that you need some fracking fluid to frack properly my friend Hey, Mick, so I got another clip for this kind of, that you might be interested in because you left San Francisco in a huff. Yeah. Uh, oh, you think, wait, the, you think the town stinks? No, I, I know. I know. I saw this on the news this morning. Yeah, I think the town stinks because they're bringing in a set under the guise of a bus station. They're going to create the largest shopping promenade in uh, South of Market, which will be uh, encompass, I think, ten city blocks, and under eminent domain. Uh, some of the most beautiful, oldest buildings in that area are being torn down for a city that has no money, for a state that is broke. And I think you're probably going to talk about uh, New York.
No, actually, I'm going to play the SF Foodie event just to kind of just to Ooh. reiterate the kind of the basic problems we have in this area with. Uh, well, you know, the, the area is kind of thought of as a foodie thing, and so they're going to have this event called, uh, I don't know, some sort of competition. People would compete, and you get to go to this thing, and you'd listen to these dingbats talk about this, and then the punchline, of course, is right at the end when they tell you what they're actually going to be competing about, or what they've competed about. And I'm just playing this for you for the purposes of making you feel better about the fact that you think San Francisco is stupid. And, and here. Yeah, and you That's left. right. This new event is taking over the Bay Area's oh, foodie it's taking underground. Over. What? It's taking over. It's taking over. This is it, 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 it's a bonanza. It's fracking everything. This new event is taking over the Bay Area's foodie underground. I don't want to interrupt it. It sounds so good. Where both home and seasoned professional chefs compete for the title of San Francisco Food Wars champion. And joining us in the studio is SF Food Wars creator. What is this from, by the way? What uh, fine uh, news institution? PBS. Oh, of course. National Treasure. Here and founder, Jeannie Che, along with our own Bay Area Bites blogger, Stephanie Rosenbaum, whose cookie baking skills were put to the test in the Food Wars latest competition. Oh, my God. You can just hear the prompter rolling too slowly for her. Those cookie baking were put to the test. Who wrote this? Now, Jeannie, how did you get the Food Wars concept off the ground? This is the sixth event you've had? This is like, this is high school. This is like a high school television station. This is Exactly. And oh listen to this woman God. who comes to this Chinese girl who ha- who sounds like a valley girl from L.A. moved up here. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, okay, I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait. Uh, this was the fifth event. Fifth event. We'll be doing it. We're working on our sixth now. Right. Um, so basically, San Francisco is such a wonderful... Basically, San Francisco, you know, the, San, the valley is... San Francisco is filled with women like this, and they all indeed speak the same way. And when they're in uh, venture capital, you just want to bitch slap them. Well, you know, it's like it's really good because you know these guys are really going some places. It's really really hard. It's a great company, and we've invested all this money in them. And uh, and this, of course, was about juiced. And so they're really going to be a fantastic. It's going to be television on the internet, television in your PC. Full city for food in general. general. And it's the same way in general. And they always end each sentence the same way. We have to emphasize what we're saying by talking about like a death. The events, they tend to either be free and way too accessible or accessible or really exclusive and not accessible. And this was our opportunity to do something for everyone um, with a really accessible price. And yes. what is the price? To um, 10 to $14 and our proceeds benefit the SF Food Bank. Which is really awesome. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Were some of the earlier events? This one was obviously cookies, and we'll talk about it. But what were some of the earlier events that you did? We have had a mac and cheese battle, mini cupcakes, holiday sides, artisan bread, chocolate cookies, and then coming up will be a muse brunch, brunch and a bite. <laughs> muse brunch, yeah, a lot of bacon. <laughs> so you're paying fourteen dollars to eat all the mac and, mac and cheese, cheese you can all eat. All the mac and cheese you can eat, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh it's a mac God. and cheese competition. This is the highest thing going in my. The foodies in San Francisco mac and cheese competition. Oh. It was like, why are what is the wrong with you people? Well, this mac is, and cheese, actually, you know, chocolate, <laughs> chocolate cookies. It's actually really interesting. Because, Fourteen bucks, you get all the chocolate cookies you can eat. I was reading. Uh, oh, don't forget to pay for your parking. We don't validate. 
I, I was reading the Los Angeles Times yesterday, and um, there's a huge uh, um, uh, debate uh, going uh, certainly across California um, as all of the PBS stations uh, that deliver fine programming such as you've just heard. Uh, they're all in their pledge drives. And everyone, you know, and there's arguments and there's closed committee, closed door committee meetings about what the programming should be. And people are dropping their subscriptions left and right. And they, and they, they think it sucks. They're really just outraged by the bullshit programming to make it worse on many of the PBS stations, radio and television. Uh, I guess that would be NPR for, uh, for a lot of the radio. They're dropping local programming for the BBC. For the, yeah, for, the MI, for the MI6 Hilarious. controlled BBC, for the state media from Gitmo Nation East, and people are up in arms. And I and I'm reading this. I'm going like, oh my god, we are so doing the right thing. We are so on the right track because here we are exposing the BS that a lot of people have been paying who listen to the show have been paying for for years. They've been donating to these idiots with their fourteen dollar mac and cheese contest. Send $14 to No Agenda. I guarantee you, you'll get better better bang for your buck. Better frick for your frack. Better karma, that's for sure. While we're on it, why don't we talk about some of the people who have been supporting the show, John, as we're a little past our, our, uh, our mark here. All right, let's go over some people that uh, sent some money into noagendashow.com, Dvorak.org slash NA, Dvorak.org slash NAS, or channeldvorak.com slash NA. Uh, and we and we have a night. Um, yes, we do. Which is uh, David Ernie. David Ernie, you want to start by giving him his uh, send off? <laughs> it's not a send off. It's actually it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a, kind of like a good thing, John. All right, David Ernie, please kneel before us as we have evaluated and tallied and proudly knight you, Sir David. Please join the Knights of the Noah Jenner Round Table and participate in our Hookers and Blow. And thank you very much for the support. Highly appreciated, Sir David. And by the way, um, I've actually uh, I asked Eric to make up a list because when because uh, our Knights don't just drop off uh, the edge of the world, you know, after they've uh, donated, they continue to donate, they uh, continue to participate, they help us with. Uh, uh, with items on the show. Uh, for instance, uh, I, I actually made a mistake on uh, the artwork last week, which was Paul T. Of course, now it should be Sir Paul. We have to be addressing our knights properly. So, uh, Sir David, welcome to the, uh, to the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. So we have uh, 99.99 again uh, for, from podcastforpeace.com. Which, uh, uh, and we have a great, lot of yeah. 5510s and $50 donations. We got Derek Winky, W-I-N-K-E, I think that's pronounced right. Yeah, he actually is a, a sysadmin, and uh, and of course, being a sysadmin, he says, I have to be uh, a minute man. Please don't make me feel like a douchebag and add me to the list. <laughs> what does that mean? The douchebag list, I guess. Listen- <laughs> George, <laughs> here's a here's one from Kotzhovel, Netherlands. How's that? Let's, let's try that again. Katzhovel. Katz, Katzhovel. Katzhovel. Perfect. Uh, and that's George Der Horst. Uh, what? Oh, uh, is it Dare? Uh, you'd, you'd expect it to be Tear with a T. Well, that's what it came in at from the George, PayPal okay. database. All right, 50 bucks. Thank you so much, George, from Katzhovel. Ronald uh, White, East Helena, uh, Montana. Uh, Ryan Lee. 
Ashland, Kentucky. Um, it's interesting. Uh, DUI-help.com. Uh, but that's a knighthood layaway, and Barry Wilson's also. Uh, all, also, um, we have Lawrence Roik, who uh, has been contributing consistently, and he has a little note here which says uh, he's doing his own. Uh, Where are you looking now? I'm looking at the note from Roik. He's just he's doing his own night thing. So is OKC Tactics Inc. and. Uh, and that's it for this week. We well, didn't get a lot of uh, fifty dollars donations. We did get uh, one interesting um, uh, five dollar donation from uh, Iceland Seven, who uh, I think this is the guy who came up with the Jazzling dot com, and uh, he sent, <laughs> which we thought was a brilliant idea, and he sent us uh, his uh, our, our commission as the result of selling two home vajazzling kits. <laughs> Vajazzling.com. And I was thinking, you know, this Vajazzling, this actually uh, could be a could be a pretty evil thing. What if they put RFID chips in those uh, in the in them crystals? Yeah, be careful, people. <laughs> you could have a, a trackable VJJ. This this may not be a good thing. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, that's it, John. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it. Yeah, we didn't it? have a big week. We need uh, people out there to step up a little bit. Well, certainly now that you know that uh, that PBS, the National Treasure, along with NPR, are completely falling apart, they're they're just purchasing. And it's crazy. They're, they're buying programming from the BBC to put on your airwaves. To put on your airwaves. And by the way, whenever you uh, know there's a PBS office in town, drive by. Take a look at those offices. Tell me what you think, how they look, and see what kind of cars are parked out front. You'd be surprised, I bet. Yeah, some of those places get some serious money in. Dvorak.org slash N-A, uh, channeldvorak.com slash N-A. And, of course, uh, you can always find everything, including the show notes at noagendashow.com. Now, we are uh, we probably are going to wait another two weeks, maybe three, until we start sending out our show notes emails because we've had sign-ups, but not what we think is... Uh, is where it's yeah, be the, uh, probably in about two weeks we'll, we're gonna uh, the link will be to the sign up as opposed to just a million links because our link we have we have way too much good material that we collect for the uh, listeners. I mean, it's unbelievable. So you could, and I haven't even sent you my list of links for today's uh, no, uh, show, and I have a whole bunch of them for this uh, this crazy you know sending all this money to China to do uh, our our green stuff. The, uh, it's all developed. Local stories developed. Never went national. No, it's, no, it's not a scandal. I'm not hearing Katie Couric talk about it. No, please, they're on board. Please, they're all they're, they're absolutely on board. And and what we do is we deconstruct it all for you, and we we bring you. So the show notes, I think, is is a is a whole product by itself. It's a whole initiative uh, that can stand by itself. So at the bottom of the show notes at noagendashow.com, uh, of course, we cross post on curry.com and dvorak.org slash blog. Uh, you'll find a, a rather large box. You, it's hard to miss. And uh, you just enter your email. It's actually it's, it's a pretty good system, John. It works well. I tested it out. You enter your email address. You get a confirmation. So all that stuff works the way. And you're like almost professional. It uh, is professional. Yeah, that's, what <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> almost <laughs> professional. And, uh, and, um, and then we'll be adding you to our free show notes mailing list. Um, so we can also put some other stuff in there, like the two to the head story. 
that I have for you today. Um, do you want to do that now, or do you want me to do my deconstruction of a very interesting piece that I ran into on Fox, of all places? Go ahead. All right. Well, this is a deconstruction of a story that ran on Fox uh, with the Geraldo, and it is uh, part of the, the scheme underfoot to uh, kill the marijuana bill in California. And the reason they want to do that, of course, is because if, mar- if California legalizes marijuana, then every other state that has medical marijuana is going to have to do the same thing. And it's going to be a, a kind of a nightmare for the other states because, you know, these people come to California and buy some weed and drive back to, uh, you know, Utah. And smoke it. Is this the so story with uh, with Pelosi's kid? This is the story with Pelosi's kid. Yeah, I saw that. that so I broke, broke broke it up into four pieces, and I want to discuss them, and I'm going to tell you how this one works because this one is an absolute gem of propaganda. Start with the in order with marijuana one. Why on earth would we want to add yet another mind altering substance? to the array of legal substances that compromise a person's five senses, where we know they're going to make bad decisions. Some <laughs> Because it's good for you, and it makes you feel lovely. Criminal. It's official. A measure to legalize marijuana and allow it to be sold and taxed will be on the ballot. Okay. It ends there, yeah. So it's now, uh, so, this started off with this guy from the Narcotics Officers Association with that little blurb at the beginning talking about the evils of marijuana. And it was never intro or anything. We went right to Geraldo, who started talking about – then he started about this field survey that a year ago, 55% of Californians wanted to legalize no, it. Wait, wait, it was 2006. It was like, like three, it was a while three ago. years ago. But the point yeah. is that at some point in the past, it was 55%. People thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Right. Now, we're going to watch that number decline because of these kinds of these kinds of things going on. He then went into interview the guy who got the initiative put on the ballot. And instead of talking about, you know, any of the good reasons it should be on the ballot, uh, even though the guy did talk about uh, which we'll hear later about the uh, uh tax benefits. He actually made a point to say how we heard that you spent a million dollars. Yeah, to get all the signatures. To get this uh, on. The okay, so the yeah. guy says, yeah, we spent a million dollars. Okay, playing marijuana too. How are you feeling now? Uh, you know, the opposition will build however they felt about it a year ago. That was before a year of some pretty seedy experience with uh, pot shops opening close to schools and uh, you know, some rowdiness outside. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it, maybe the bloom is off the bud. Yeah, hold on. A second, John. Here's a rowdy pothead. Hey, dude. I'm rowdy. I'm really rowdy right so, now. Man. So Geraldo manages to make these snide comments about <laughs> rowdiness and the bloom is off the bud. Hello. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the guy, you know, drops all the, you know, the information about the, the taxes and this such. Is the guy now, play, from, this is the guy from Oaksterdam, right? He's the guy Oaksterdam. that, that yeah, runs Oaksterdam. Oaksterdam. Yeah. Play number three. I think that's been overblown. Most people see that the sky hasn't fallen, that actually cannabis has been widely available in California for a number of years here, and we don't see any increase in traffic accidents or, or problems. So uh, I, I think the opposite's true. The, uh, all the problems are really just played up by the opposition. And Richard, how much tax revenue do you anticipate realistically the state of California, which I think is around $20 billion in the red or more, uh, can can hope to achieve from this measure if it passes. Well, the board of the California Board of Equalization estimates one and a half billion dollars in tax billion, revenue. In- well, who's the California Board of Equalization? Is that like a, a good outfit? It's, it's like the a- California Board of Equalization. They collect money from you. 
Oh, so so they're so they're estimating a billion dollars, a billion. Yeah. In what taxes? Yeah. Jesus, great. Sorry, with a billion. Correct. In ex, just just excise taxes. Uh, then there's also the savings to law enforcement. They estimate about a billion dollars there. Plus, there's other indirect uh, benefits like other uh, um, payroll taxes, jobs created, and other businesses that uh, chocolate sprout brownies. Up alongside the uh, <laughs> chocolate brownies. He went to the foodie fair. <laughs> He threw that little joke in at the end to kind of, you know, yeah. uh, deflate this guy's positive thoughts. So then he brings in this this horrible person, yeah, I was, Pelosi's I, I, daughter. I didn't even know she existed. I didn't either. She's apparently a prosecutor. She is, claims to be a liberal Democrat. And if she's a liberal Democrat, then I think the Democrats have got a lot of problems. Just, she just, is extremely creepy. Oh, she, well, duh. <laughs> the, the apple falls far from the tree. She, by the way, should be ashamed of herself for coming on the show like this. But play it. Christine Pelosi, the uh, the daughter of the uh, first female Speaker of the House. How, how do you feel? You're a Democrat. You're a liberal. How do you feel about this measure? Well, as a former prosecutor, I think that I'm very skeptical about it. I support medicinal marijuana. I think that uh, that should happen at the federal level. But it concerns me that... Um, You've got a mind-altering drug. You you don't know the public safety implications of it. It's, yeah, unlike Shantix. It's one thing to say you should have a drug that's prescribed by a doctor uh, and used under appropriate conditions. It's another thing to say uh, go out to a, to a bar uh, and, and and get high. Yeah, and get, get drunk. And get behind the wheel, which you know people are going to do. So I'm concerned about public safety. Also, just looking at the numbers, I think that the, the uh, profit rate would be high because it's illegal. I, I don't know how legalizing it affects the price. I imagine that once something's legal, the price goes down. So truth, I'm very truth skeptical. Truth I'd have oh, now she's an economist. See, the numbers I'm, I'm crunch. I'd have to get a public safety um, analysis from law enforcement officials who are actually on the street, on the beat. For sure. And for sure. And sorry, we've got to go. You have the last word. Screw the pothead. All right. Now, here's the deal. Now, this is a trick that uh, if anyone's gone to a lot of uh, motivational uh, speak, listen to a lot of motivational speakers at various events, uh, you will have run into this trick a number of times. And this is kind of what they did here. The trick is as follows. And and this is a a, a kind of a preconditioning. You precondition your audience to think one way or the other. And these guys love to do this trick. I've seen it twice. You divide the audience into two groups, A and B. Uh, say you got 200 people in A and 200 people in B. And on, on people A, you show a picture of a rabbit. And, 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 pick, and group B, you show a picture of an old lady. And then to the entire group, you flash an image, one of those crazy images that could look like a duck or a hat or an old woman or, you know, these crazy, it's a drawing that you you can interpret in two or three different ways. You flash the crazy picture up there and then you ask people what they saw. The group A will have seen the The rabbit rabbit in the drawing and group B will have seen the old lady. lady. Now, this particular bit that they did with us here was they preconditioned us with the cop at the beginning. They didn't have to have a cop with all that negative stuff at the beginning saying what he thought. We didn't even know who this guy was. He wasn't even introduced to us, but they just preconditioned us with this stupid cop at the beginning. If you had put somebody at the beginning espousing the, the tax benefits or put somebody at the beginning that says it's a better drug than alcohol or put anything at the beginning, that would have preconditioned the audience wherever you wanted, however you wanted them to think. 
So they precondition the audience and they throw all the stuff out and they try to demean the guy who spent had to spend had to spend a million dollars to get the thing passed. Then they bring out this Pelosi creep who comes out and says, well, I, I'd have to see what law enforcement, the guys on the street are thinking. And then they kill the whole debate. Meanwhile, of course, we've already seen what the guy on the street's thinking because he was at the beginning of the show. So this whole thing was part of a giant scheme using the cheapest, creepiest trick imaginable to precondition the audience to think negatively toward this bill. John C. Well-deserved and well-deconstructed, my friend. Absolutely. Well, let me just say a couple things. So this is indeed uh, a huge, and I'm not quite sure why, why anyone would be against this, uh, because the science is in on, uh, on pot. Science! science! But they clearly are, and we've seen, uh, on Thursday we reported uh, in the past uh, couple weeks in California, in one California hospital, six teens coming in, whacked out of their head, psychotic, some not even getting out of their trip, being sent to psych wards, NOS, like, uh, what was that stand for again? Like, no, uh, basically they don't know, just freaking psychotic, can't help you. Report uh, that came out uh, on Friday is this uh, synthetic dope, uh, K2, also known as Spice. And uh, I'm really worried about this stuff. It's made in Asia, apparently, and you can buy it online. Uh, or in uh, some stores, and uh, it's uh, this may be uh, fr- this is maybe the stuff that these kids are smoking. So we have to figure out where this is coming from, and uh, and uh, it doesn't seem like if it's synthetic, it's probably not a good idea. Um, dope. Uh, so talking about causing traffic accidents. First of all, it used to be you'd never hear of uh, a pothead. You know. Grabbing a gun, killing his entire family, going on a rampage because, you know, all we want is Cheetos. And uh, if anything, the traffic camera light, the traffic light cameras in California have caused more traffic accidents than potheads. These stupid traffic lights they've got. And I myself and anyone who has smoked pot knows that you can actually um, pull yourself out of the high. It's not that hard to do. I've flown uh, my helicopter under supervision with an instructor who knew what I was doing, and I flew it perfectly while I was completely hammered. I'm not saying it's a good idea, but I'm just saying it can be done. So there's a lot of stuff that we haven't looked at, and in general, it, it calms people down. It's a, it's a, they don't call it the holy herb for nothing. And look at all the money we could be making in this broke state. Hey, guys, you could build tons of shopping centers. You could throw lots of people out. Of their homes. Meanwhile, well, you know, I'm sorry. Well, you know, they when Pelosi mentioned that, you know, they or they mentioned or they actually the guy mentioned that they could save a billion dollars in law enforcement. That means law enforcement people would, you know, that would normally be covered, you know, just busting kids for smoking dope or could be out of a job or maybe they'd have to actually go find some real criminals. You well, know, people yeah, that and, and if you look at our prison system, our commercial prisons, prison system, I believe the majority of these prisons are filled with black people for marijuana crimes. There's too many people in jail. It's costing us $40,000 a year. 
per person to keep some pothead in jail because somebody thinks it's a good idea to keep potheads in jail so they can use them for slave labor. This is bogus. I mean, this this but this kind of relentless kind of subtle propaganda, relentless and subtle propagandizing like this particular episode that everybody at Fox and specifically Geraldo with his snide comments about brownies, brownies and, and chopping it in the bud and all this crap. Ooh, so funny. Should be ashamed of themselves, ashamed of themselves. And this is what you get, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to Fox, which is supposed to be this big right wing network that, you know, fair and balanced in the rest of it. It's bogus. It's just the same propaganda machine that everybody else is running. And we want you to take our drugs. We don't want you to take drugs that you can grow in your backyard for free. No, we want you to take our drugs, such as this email that came in from our uh, listener producer, Andrew, a.k.a. the hottie with a crippled body. Adam, listening to the live show right now, this is on Thursday. Feel free to share this on the show. Uh, I have cerebral palsy, and I had surgery back in 2006. They gave me Lyrica. This is the stuff that uh, we played the commercial for on the last show. They gave me Lyrica for nerve damage for over a year after coming off the drug. I developed memory loss, anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. Still trying to get a case together against the makers of Lyrica. Already had one neurologist tell me Lyrica is likely to be a cause of many problems I've had. So just a word of advice to fellow listeners to run away from Lyrica. Shantix, another drug, the stop smoking drug that we've talked about completely freaks people out, makes them completely crazy. The only way to stop the craziness is to start smoking again. And then you've got these dickwads like Pfizer, who've just been ordered to pay $142 million in damages for marketing gabapentin, was it gabapentin? Anti-seizure drug that they fraudulently were marketing. You've got people telling you you're going to get head cancer if you perform cunnilingus. If you don't take Gardasil, and then we're and they're complaining about pot about a plant, it's nuts. Well, it's it's absolutely shameful. It's unbelievable to me. I mean, these people have I, they're heartless, and I think the Pelosi woman is a classic example of a heartless person. Oh yeah, whatever the cops say goes. <laughs> And, and she's by, a former uh, prosecutor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's a criminal to and, them. And, and now she's a Fox News correspondent. That's that's the, the rise to fame right there. Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's pretty outrageous. You know, I came across an interesting clip, uh, John. You know, we have these, uh, these clips about Haiti. Um, of course, uh, my belief is that uh, this was a total setup. They turned on the earthquake machine, and now $11.4 billion is being raised through the United Nations, the World Bank, all flowing through uh, the Clinton Bush uh, for Haiti.org, which does not exist. The money goes directly to the William Jefferson Clinton Foundation and the Texas something, I keep forgetting the name, Bush's favorite charity. Uh, they say they've collected 14 million, which seems pretty low, and they claim only to have dispersed 3 million so far, all to NGOs, non-governmental organizations. And of course, we laugh about uh, what they were saying when they were together, uh, you know, when they were doing their PR release together. As 20,000 U.S. troops were moving into Haiti, here's what Bush said. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. Right. And then, of course, when they were together, Part of the medical team or a search and rescue team 
We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. So, by coincidence, I come across a YouTube video. Uh, again, Bush and Clinton. Only this time, it is President Clinton and George H. Walker Bush after the tsunami. In, example, uh, when Central America was devastated so this is at, uh, by the hurricane. Why can't I stop? There we go. After the, uh, the tsunami uh, in Sri Lanka, etc., and listen right. to what. So now this is this is the this is the Bush Clinton crime family syndicate at work. And listen to what they're saying. When I was president, uh, we spent almost a billion dollars of the taxpayers' money out of their pockets. And if I could just make one other point about that, because you asked if it was a worldwide effort, uh, because of the internet and because you can make contributions over the net, a small amount of cash. Pool cash. of others can do an enormous amount of good. You have AOL and Apple, for example, using their uh, position on the internet to help collect small contributions. I think AOL put together about seven and a half million dollars in small contributions in a day. And, and President Bush, it's cash over cash. items, right? Give, if you're going to give right good, now, good it money. is. Larry, right now, that's true. Uh, President Clinton and I accompanied yeah. the president when he went to pay his respects. We all did. Signing the, de- the, the books at the very... The, the death warrant is what he wanted to say. It's four, four embassies of the countries that were affected. And all of them made clear that the best thing you can do is to send money at this time as opposed to goods. Because there's no delivery problem. Uh, sometimes the goods can be acquired in a neighborhood nearby, or sometimes the goods that, that might be sent from here might not be exactly what's needed. The medicine might be different. So uh, I, I, we've, we've concluded that the best thing to do is, as President Clinton said a minute ago, to give to these organizations or give, send it into to uh, USAFreedom.gov. Uh, uh, and uh, freedomcorps.gov and, and let them help distribute it. But the main thing is uh, it's better at this juncture to send, uh, to send cash. Just send us cash. Now, <laughs> so I'm listening to that. I'm like, usafreedom.gov. Okay. Offline. Doesn't exist. Gone. usafreedom.gov no longer exists. Freedomcorps.gov. Gone. Offline. That no longer exists. So I'm like, huh, that's interesting. What happened to these? So I go into archive.org, and uh, usafreedom.gov does not exist in archive.org. It cannot find it. However, freedomcore.gov does exist in the archive, and that has actually um, morphed into a new site. I'm just trying to bring it up from archive.org right now. Do you know what that has become? No, but you're going to tell me. Serve.gov. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Serve.gov. Serve.gov. United We Serve. That is the uh, uh, uni- the Freedom Corps.gov. That website has been changed into Serve.gov. And right there on the homepage. Ah, yes. Oh, he's such a sweet boy from New Jersey. Oh, he's been assimilated. Maybe he is just reptilian. Here he comes. We all recognize I'm a big believer in the power of we. We got each other, and that's a lie. This is John Bon Jovi. We can tackle the tough challenges we face and build community through service and volunteering. The reality is, we're all in this together. We 
So explain to me how money that went to the victims of the tsunami, freedomcore.gov, did that build serve.gov? Is that what happened? Or did it build USA Freedom Corps for Kids, which is linked from that website, which is all a part of the Corporation for National and Community Service? Is that what happened with that money? With your cash? Your cash? Just seems like money that uh, is I, do they ever give an accounting of this money? Of course or they just- not. No, because we got to be looking at other things like Sandra Bullock and uh, Tiger Woods. And- yeah, well, it sounds like a ripoff if you ask me. By the way, Tiger Woods. You know, I was reading this article in um, I think it was the New York New York Times Magazine about how uh, and I remember we talked about this. You know, the the contracts with the television contracts are up. Uh, they have to be renewed. And they've been in in discussion for over a year now. And of course, without Tiger Woods, no no golf on television. It's just not interesting because it's not golf people care about. It's Tiger Woods. And um, the article asserts what I thought was pretty interesting that uh, golf is in big trouble because who really pays for the uh, for the television fees? Who really pays for the sponsorships? You you do know, right? No, who? Well, huge financial companies. These are the guys that are always sponsoring all these all these events, and they, they've all pulled out. They don't have you know they can't if they have the money, they've either given it to themselves in bonuses, or their shareholders won't stand for it. That they're flying all of these uh, uh, all of their big clients on private jets to go watch Tiger Woods play golf. So there was a classic conundrum of Jesus Christ. You know we've we 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 don't have enough money really to. Uh, to pump into the television contracts, and I believe that the that Viacom, and we'd have to go back and see who broke the story of Tiger Woods. They probably made a very smart decision by saying, you know what, we can make a shitload of money off of this guy. We don't have any more sponsors. Why don't we just blow the lid off of all this fucking around he's doing? Because everyone knew it. I mean, it's impossible for Tiger Woods. Yeah, now the more stories come out, the more apparently everybody everybody knew knew about it. I mean, this you know, he's a multi-billion-dollar franchise. They're not just gonna, you know, it's not like people don't know about what he's doing every single day or night. This guy was the franchise. So why don't we just blow the lid off it? We'll make tons of money talking about all these hookers and these strippers. And uh, and now, of course, when the Masters uh, opens on April fifth, it'll be a it'll be bigger. Then election day, it'll be huge for free. Don't have to do anything. Don't have to have, don't have to blow these advertisers. We get all the, it, it, people are going to watch. They have the hookers threatening to show up. The porn star, right? The porn star threatening to show <laughs> but, up. Well, of course, we will all be watching. I'll be watching. I can't wait to see her show up. This is going to be cool. So this was a total media hit. Just to make money, just like they killed Michael Jackson because he was worth more dead than alive. If the family is, you know, they're releasing an album of unreleased tracks, a hundred million dollars to the family alone. Please, this is how it works, people. This is how it works. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of suspicion about the Tiger Woods thing not being kind of some, you know, who broke the story. We are stupid. You and I are stupid because we should have paid attention. This is what we've got to look at when a story way, like it's that. A, breaks, it's a real news story, though. We don't pay that much attention to these stories except to ridicule them. Yeah, but it. But in but, this case, but, yeah, we probably could have. We, could, uh, we should have done something about it. In fact, my wife came up with the same thing with the Sandra Bullock thing. She says the big problem is Jesse James's numbers are falling through the floor. <laughs> Nobody's watching his show anymore. They need some right. PR. And that you know that guy, he's got um, uh, blue jeans in Walmart. He's got T-shirt deals. He's got he's got a lot of merchandising. 
And isn't it interesting that we have actually never heard either of them talk about this? I mean, the whole, we're already beating the guy up with baseball bats. Joy Behar is standing outside his door. Yet, neither Sandra Bullock nor Jesse James have said anything about this based on one interview that some tattoo chick gave. So, I don't know. I need, I, I, I do need to qualify that. I just have to qualify that as a, a real news story. It was. Yeah, it was totally. But the public is being scammed left and right, and that's kind of too bad. <laughs> you know that many people actually just use this show as their news? Like, I don't Good. need to watch any Good news. Good idea. Yeah, I don't need to watch any news. I just listen to No Agenda, and they break it up, you know, because we're about you know two hours in length, and they break it up over two days, and it fills their week. And they know everything. They got everything they need to know. Yeah. The main, our main message is to stay away from these news outlets. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly it. That's where you want to start. Oh, my god. Read goodness. a book. Go get that, that, that Fam- family, family of secrets, secrets book and read it. Go read the, the Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Go, there's good books out there. Legacy of Ash. Uh-oh. Ash is another good yeah, book. Another great book. Uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Let me uh, talk about uh, a potential uh, two to the head. Uh, so, of course, uh, we were so busy talking about beating up Jesse James and feeling bad for Sandra Bullock that uh, the news of former state senator Nancy Schaefer and her husband, Bruce, who apparently died of a murder-suicide, kind of slipped under the radar. Mm. Now, here's two interesting things about this story. As, uh, you know, again, what you have to do is, yet this happened, uh, let me see, when did this come out? Uh, This is from Saturday, March 27th, and so I think it happened Friday night. Um, You go to Google, you enter in, it's really simply just enter in uh, former state senator Nancy Schaefer, and then you enter a timeline and you pull it back uh, like a day before. Because Google is now just uh, saturated with... Oh, murder-suicide, oh, murder-suicide, oh, murder-suicide. But if you uh, basically tell the search engine to omit all of these news stories, well, you come up with something very interesting. A report from Georgia Senator Nancy Schaefer from 2008. Uh, from the legis- and, I, and, and I have the links and everything to this in the PDF file. From the legislative desk of Senator Nancy Schaefer, 50th District of Georgia, Georgia, November 16, 2007. Sorry, 2007. Titled, The Corrupt Business of Child Protective Services. Mm. And in this report, I am focusing on the Georgia Department of Family and Children's Services. However... I believe child protective services nationwide has become corrupt and that the entire system is broken almost beyond repair. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence about this. This happened to Texas the stories that the right wing talk show guys were talking about where they st- stole all these kids. And then the judge said, no, you you have to give the kids back from some guy who was a Mormon. <laughs> that, had- that, that goes beyond where's my I want my bike back. I mean, shit, I want my kid back. <laughs> and then the, and the, uh, the, the child protective services said, no, we don't care what you tell us. Yeah. Child protective services. And I'll just say it briefly. Full of pedophiles. Anyway. 
Then you kind of delve into the uh, into this murder suicide. Now, if if you're going to commit murder suicide, and they're saying that Bruce had cancer, so you know this, they both wanted to go. It made so much sense. By the way, not a single mention of this Child Protective Services report in any of the news reports about the murder suicide. But if you, John, if you are uh, terminally ill, which I don't know is true if it's true or not, with cancer, and uh, you and your wife decide, oh, let's commit let's commit suicide. Uh, here's here's how he did it. He shot his wife in the back and then killed himself in the chest. I mean, come on, people. How are we supposed to believe this one? Shot her in the back and and then and then shot himself dead in the chest. This is not a murder suicide. This is not how it's done. I don't care what you say. And then this report, damning. I tell you, damning. This needs to be investigated. But instead, let's talk about uh, Tiger and Jesse and Sandra. Real important stuff. So who kills themselves by a gunshot to the chest? <laughs> People who are suicided. This is, this and then what police department in, in any universe? <laughs> no, the FBI. Or- the FBI is saying, oh, no, this is murder-suicide. Clearly. Clearly. The FBI? Yes. Oh, that gives us nothing but confidence, then. Thank you very much for this uplifting story. (laughs) More depressing news on no agenda. No wonder we're not getting any money. Spokesman John Banker told uh, the Atlanta Journal, the AGC, was that Atlanta Journal, Constitution, whatever, uh, be a thorough investigation of what happened, uh, but it seems like a murder-suicide. That's quite apparent. You know, the guy had cancer, so he shot his wife in the back and then killed himself in the chest. Right. Makes total sense. Quick little ditty from... Uh, I don't even know how you can shoot yourself in the chest. <laughs> it, yeah, you gotta, you gotta twist I mean, you it. have to go through, you, have to, you, have, you obviously have to turn the gun on yourself and then use your thumb <laughs> I mean, to fire it. And then, and you're going to sit there and bleed out? I mean, shooting yourself through the head would be the obvious <laughs> way. This is so crazy. It's ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. Um... Let me just, I got one more two to the head, which uh, is, is also very funny. Uh, Not go, that this is funny. No, uh, no, I mean, it's um, questionable. Golf Sheikh Ahmed bin Zayed Al Nayan, uh, the world's biggest sovereign, sovereign wealth fund runner. So he runs the, the world's biggest sovereign wealth fund. And his older brother uh, just happens to be the ruler of Abu Dhabi. Is the Abu Dhabi Sovereign Wealth Fund? Yes. Which, of course, is, uh, what was it, uh, insolvent? Is that what we call it? I don't know. That's Dubai that's insolvent. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Abu Dhabi. Well, maybe they're on the verge of being insolvent, but no, uh, maybe, maybe not. He was reported missing in a plane crash in Morocco. Now, oh. so I'm like, oh, okay, this is bad. But let's listen to the plane crash. He was in a glider which crash landed into a lake. The pilot was recovered, but they can't find his passenger. This is not a good way to go. What? <laughs> a glider. So it's a two-man glider. <laughs> yes. Which it, means he was obviously with an instructor or it somebody. Do, it doesn't even say, it says it came down in a lake. It doesn't even say crashed. It came down in the lake. So and you know, on a glider, you can land it on water. You can land an Airbus on water. Yeah. And, the uh, glider would probably float because they're usually made out of yeah, the slightest. Yeah, balsa wood. Yeah, yeah. also would. Yeah. Oh, can't find him. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. He's, uh, he's gone. 
I don't know. He sank. Sank. <laughs> he sank. His pockets were full of cash and he sank. That yeah, would happen. Now, our favorite president of uh, the United States of Europe, Hermann van Rompuy, who really needs a better name. He really needs an alias. No one can pronounce this. The guy needs some PR help. Totally. So, um, there's some wordplay going on in, uh, in Europe. Uh, now that the French and the Germans are saying, uh, uh, we need economic government in Europe. In fact, the quote, we need what? economic government, here's the quote. We consider that the European Council should become the economic government of the United States of Europe. Economic government? Oh, yeah. What does that mean? That means all your euros belong to us. And uh, isn't that? that what the EU is anyway? Kind of. Yeah, but it's one thing to it's one thing to, for it to be that way. It's another to say it. And so when Rumpai is like, oh, 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 because the, the British will freak out. The British don't want, you know, they, they already are not, a, you know, like stay away from our pound. We don't want any part of that. So now there's going to be economic government. So now it's been changed to le gouvernement économique. And they're changing well, it in English to economic governance. Ah, economic governance. That's what it is. Along those same lines, for climate change, which, of course, John, you and I both know that this is really about the new world order taking over and, uh, and, and paying all your taxes, your carbon taxes to, well, it was going to be the United Nations, but now that the United Nations keeps stalling, it can't actually get anything to, to happen. This is from the EU Observer. Uh, European Union leaders are now saying, well, maybe it should be the G20. Yeah, the G20 should be in charge of this. So finally they've got what they want. The G20 is going to be in charge of everything. They are, that is going to be the true Starfleet command of the world. And actually it's the G20.5 because the Netherlands gets to sit on, uh, on the panel even though they're not technically big enough to be a part of the G20. So that's it. They just that's pushed. it. Sounds right. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, should I write a check now or later? <laughs> hey, I, uh, I should I, I send it to Bush Clinton or should I send it to some that that, that dish rag guy? Just, <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Let's not be demeaning about you that. Our search and rescue team. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. No, just, just send, send your cash. cash. Just send your cash. Just send your cash. Fantastic. Quick one from the We Told You So files. You may not remember this because it was probably, uh, wow, a year and a half ago. We talked about the um, energy efficient, the Green Star label. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the classic. Yeah, big story in, uh, in the Los Angeles Times. Federal investigators who themselves submitted phony products such as a gas-powered alarm clock to the government's energy efficiency certification program found it easy to obtain approval for the devices. <laughs> <laughs> Among the bogus devices, so the, the feds actually put this into their own system, a room air cleaner that in the picture prominently displayed on the website of a fictitious company an electric space heater with a feather duster and strips of flypaper attached to it was approved. <laughs> That's energy efficient. 
<gasps> I think our podcast should be uh, entered. You know, we're a pretty energy efficient podcast. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we told you so on no we got to keep track of these stories because you know we forget about them, but then the stuff that we – sometimes it's a week, but sometimes it's a year ahead of time. We'll say, this is BS. This is crap. And that's why you should be uh, supporting us. Damn it. Well, by the way, there's a couple of things I'm going to probably go after. Not this week, but it's, they'll be coming up. There's been a concerted effort against the raw milk producers again. Again? Oh, man. Now it's really getting nasty. And uh, – um, I don't know what the, but it's just, you know, part of the food, the corrupt food business. Well, there's a, there was something I read. There was actually two things. Um, here it is. And this is another thing I believe we talked about. Title of this, um, and I guess this is, is this from AOP, AP? Uh, regulated or not, nano foods coming to a store near you. Did you hear about this? No. What's a nano food? Is it a mac and cheese? <laughs> a $14 mac and cheese. Uh, I'll read you a little bit from it. For centuries, it was the cook in the heat of the fire that ca- cajoled taste, texture, flavor, and aroma from the pot. Today, that culinary voodoo is being crafted by white-coated scientists toiling in pristine labs, rearranging atoms into chemical particles never oh, yeah, before seen. <laughs> Huh? Formerly called molecular gastronomy. Right. So uh, this was all started by the guy in that great restaurant in Spain, the El Bulli. He's the he's the head of the whole idea. Uh, but now uh, I guess structure, taste, color will all be determined by nanoparticles that'll be uh, put into your food. And of course, we don't we know so little about nanotechnology, really, or certainly about the effects on our health. Um, but you know, so forget steroids in your chicken and stuff. Oh, like that. We don't we'll eat just... this crap anyway. We're not going to eat anything that's, that somebody's created in a lab and is mass producing. Well, we hope not, but who knows? I mean, there's not going to be any regulation on it. Of course, it's almost impossible to not eat genetically engineered corn. Almost impossible oh, at my this God. point. Did you hear about uh, what's happening with the Monsanto corn? Now what? Oh, here it is. Um, let me see if I can, uh, the first thing I should probably do is, uh, play, uh, Monsanto. large-scale cultivation of genetically engineered corn is causing the spread of a new pest in the U.S. corn belt. The western bean cutworm is infesting the tips of the corn cobs. Massive damage is being reported from those regions where the corn is grown on large scale. The corn is known as MON810. Sold as Yield Guard by Monsanto. Looks like yeah, it's. And a, did anybody not expect something like this to happen once in a while? I mean, with a monoculture like that? Well, we expected it, but. Uh, and by the way, not being reported anywhere. Oh, of course not. Yeah, why bother? When Jesse James has this uh, Nazi uh, chick. Yeah, he's got a Nazi chick, man. On behalf of Greenpeace. Hmm. Test Biotech analyzed many reports on the spread of the Western bean cutworm and exchanged opinions with several experts. The cause of the spread of the new pest is hardly known to farmers in the U.S. Yeah, right. (laughs) Farmers have only been told how to identify infestation and which insecticides they can use. Oh, more Monsanto stuff to throw on the corn. Yum. 
Yeah, it's uh, that's pretty bad. All right. Well, that's. I think I'll just go shoot myself. <laughs> yeah, allow me. Ouch. Let me just see uh, if there's uh, anything else. That By we... the way, I'm not going to shoot myself. So if I wind up dead, you know the reason why. <laughs> and I didn't do it. Um, anything we want to say about the uh, the South Korean uh, Navy ship that went down? I don't. I, you know, I was looking into that. And I haven't gotten an angle on it yet. Well, the one thing that made me laugh, so, uh, of course, you've got to believe that the North Koreans blew this thing out of the water. Um, the thing you got to laugh about is there was like a 15-minute gun salvo as the South Koreans were shooting at what later turned out to be a flock of birds. Now, let me tell you one thing. I've been on uh, a frigate. This shit is so technologically advanced with the thing called the goalkeeper on top. They know when something's coming from halfway across the world. And it's not going to be a flock of birds that they're shooting at accidentally. This is this is nuts. I mean, there was there was an actual altercation that happened, and I think we'd have to know we'd have to understand more about the history of North and South Korea, which goes back to what fifties, fifty one, fifty two, John, um, and 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 how that whole thing happened. By the way, President Obama, I think he's actually taken North Korea off the list of the access of evil. Mm. Well, that maybe give my opportunity. For your wine tasting, your uh, Cabernet with Kim Jong-il. No, Bordeaux. Oh, Bordeaux, I'm sorry. Uh, news reports that the RAF has uh, scrambled jets 20 times in the past uh, year to intercept Russian aircraft over British airspace. Happened. Yeah, there was a recent report of a Russian bomber, yeah, a bear bomber, bomber flying were, over England. They were almost at Ireland. Yeah, what was that all about, you think? Yeah, just... Kicking the tires, just testing the engine. I think they're just looking at, you know, it's like these people who cut these uh, cables all over the U.S. trying to, to deconstruct the uh, the network in such a way that they can find the one point where they can just blow up a, uh, you know, one of the uh, nexus, one of the, the hubs, one of the big nodes. If they figure out a way to blow up maybe one or two of them and take the whole USA internet down i don't think i don't think it can be done i don't I think, think i think it can be done and i, I think don't think so i don't think so i think it's getting more and more centralized you know i should have pulled the commercial did you see this new cisco commercial it's um it's like a small town girl pulls up she parks out in front of some building and uh i guess like her uncle or something is the local sheriff and um and she meets him and says, oh, you know, let me show you our, she says, where's all the cops? Yeah, God, I wish I had this commercial. Well, you know, where's all the cops? She says, oh, come on into our, uh, uh, into our command center. And there's like one cop sitting behind six or seven monitors. And then she sees someone actually towing her car. And then, boom, it's like Cisco protecting you. We're really moving towards a police state. Yeah, I, I should You find know, the funny thing is that gets me about that sort of commercial is that, it's obviously, I mean, the fact that you do a commercial like that, which is, is somewhat uh, onerous, the fact that Cisco signed off on it and the advertising agency signed off on it and everybody signed off on it without anybody saying, this isn't, this isn't the future that we want to see. This isn't a good thing. <laughs> Nobody does that. Oh, that's a great idea. It'll sell more routers. 
It's the global skin that we talked about. This is this is the thing that they're promoting. This is their big product. Cisco, you know, they're huge in government contracts. Yeah, and God knows what they can pull out the back end of those things. Let me see if I'm gonna have an interview with somebody this week, I think, or maybe next week, one of the two. Uh oh. that is involved with uh um uh, for the, capture for the, the noagendastream.com? I might be, yeah. Actually, I might actually record it. Good. Um, that, in fact, I plan to. Oh, here it is. Here's, here's the commercial. Hold on a second. Then I want to hear about your, uh, your interview. I think this is it. Uh, yeah, welcome to Lunenburg, little town. Well, look who's here. It's Ellen. Hey, Mayor Wade. How you doing? Great. Mayor. Come on. Mayor. Would you like to see our new police department? Yeah, all right. Look this way. Here it is. Completely networked. So anything happening, Suze? She's all good. Is that my car? The new community. See it, live it, share it on the human network. Unbelievable. The new who's that, community. Who's that voiceover at the end? She sounds terrible. And do you, and, and, and do you hear the cameras go? Yeah. And then listen to the tagline. The tagline. So she's all good. Is that my car? The new community. See it, live it, share it on the human network. Cisco. Yay! Live it, see it, share it. Live it, see it, share it. The new community. Yay! The new community. Yay! Yeah. 1984. George Orwell already discussed this new community. That's disgusting. There goes our underwriting from Cisco. Yeah, and that's the reason, by the way, we need your support because we this show cannot be ever, can never be commercially, it's just not going to happen. It won't work. It won't work. And the Cisco would be a classic company to, you know, they got nothing but money to spend on stuff like this. But Totally. Shit. You know, the, even Tesla, Tesla Automobiles is sponsoring uh, NPR? I thought they were broke. No, I, I uh, so oh, they got some government bailout money. Never mind. Oh, that's right, they did. No, oh, yeah, and they've got a nice little interactive uh, <clears throat> underwriting. I mean, I don't, I don't want to call it an ad or a sponsorship or call it what you like. But yeah, no, it's just, uh, those guys. So, will they ever say anything negative about Tesla? I don't know if there's anything negative to say, but will they? Like uh, the BBC's uh, Top Gear, which has no commercials. And they tried out the Tesla thing, ran out of juice. They made fun of it. You know, that would never happen on an NPR program. And we do need your support. Here's the ways you can do it. Besides the obvious, uh, just send us your cash because we do need it. Uh, and we want to do more. And we are a little low this week. In fact, are we growing at all or have we stagnated? Well, it depends. We, it depends on how you look at it. It doesn't. I think we're flat right now, but we can jack things up a little bit by... Well, no, no, we just need more support, and there's two ways to get We need more listeners. We need everybody to get us two listeners each. Yeah, two listeners each. Uh, Call them out as douchebags. By the way, uh, we're happy to do uh, happy birthday mentions for cash, Um, and you can always go to Dvorak.org slash blog. Dvorak.org slash NA or channeldvorak.com slash NA. And you know, we should, we, one of the things we haven't been promoting, besides the fact that people should be making stickers and posting them all over the place where it's legal, is um, we need to get some more nights because we're going to do a ring buy shortly. And I do, and this, we're going to, you know, it's going to be a one shot thing probably for the first 50 nights. And, uh, 
if you want to get in on that, you want to join, yeah. become a knight. So you can do uh, three donations of $333.33. We kick in the extra penny. If you've been on your own layaway or your own accounting and you're up to the $1,000 mark, let us know. We'll put you on the list for the rings. Of course, it's always excellent to uh, get in on the $5 a month uh, uh, donation because that's the base that we're trying to build long term. And, of course, the sustaining producers for the No Agenda stream uh, we have the list now up at uh, noagendastream.com. You'll see uh, there's only one other link besides uh, the actual uh, the actual stream, and that's to the list of uh, uh, sustaining executive producers, sustaining associate executive producers. And, and founding. Founding, correct. And uh, so we're giving you your props. Please change your, change your Wi-Fi names to noagendashow.com or noagendastream.com with the password in the morning. Use that on your guest account. Put it in your email signature. What else have we missed, John? Uh, I think that's about it. I, th- I think we've got just about all the ways people can help us. And uh, that is, if you can't afford any money, a lot of people are broke. Uh, do listen to all the stories of people who donate money to the show and then magically get a job. Now, when we finish the show today, I do want to run a clip okay. after the theme. Okay. Uh, and because uh, I think people should just listen to this so we can kind of show that we do have some balance here. This is nobody reported this, of course. This is uh, during the congressional uh, back and forth in the Senate. Uh, Mary Landrew, who was blamed for the so-called Louisiana Purchase, which was considered by the Republicans to be some sort of a scam to get her vote on the health care bill, defends herself vociferously in such a way that I actually take her side on this without question. And she calls out, of all people, John McCain. Cain for being a, a basically a douchebag, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's very interesting. It's a little long. It's not overly long, but it's, it's five or six minutes, but it's worth listening to. So we'll play that after we close. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it appears to be a nice day today, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here for the early service on No Agenda. On ushering us to this point, and I was in many of those meetings, and his patience was inspirational, and his steady hand when things got tough. So I want to thank him, and I also want to thank the chairman of the Budget Committee. No one has a command of this budget in this entire body than a better hand handle on it than Kent Conrad, and I think he's spoken in some detail and depth about the significant cost reductions and deficit reductions that will occur because of our work. But I came down to speak specifically about the amendment just offered by the senator from Arizona. I actually went to the desk to get a copy of it because I wanted to read it for myself. I'd like to say this amendment is a stunt that really doesn't deserve the time that I'm even going to give to explain the portion of it that refers to Louisiana. And the reason I say it's a stunt is because it's actually written for television or the Internet. It's not written for any serious debate here. And in my view, it's beneath the senator from Arizona, who at one time was a candidate for president of this country. The reason I say it's a stunt is because the words sweetheart are actually written in this amendment. 
Normally the only time I see that word is when my husband sends me a dozen roses on Valentine's Day, which he does most years, not every year, but most years. But to actually draft an amendment like this that actually uses the word sweetheart deal is really an insult to the people of our country, and I would expect more from him. I've tried to explain this to him privately on any number of occasions. I've provided him with and his staff with every document they've ever requested. And I'm here to say one more time, the people of Louisiana do not deserve the derision from him or for any member of the Republican team or by my Republican allies because of asking for a correction in a formula that would have been devastating to the state of Louisiana or to any state that experienced the kind of catastrophic disaster that we did. This amendment that I got on might have been unknown to Senator McCain, but it was not a secret. How would I know that? Because actually, I called a press conference with the governor of Louisiana Republican governor and announced it. That's why I know it wasn't a secret. And we didn't have one press conference together. We had three. I've explained to the senator from Arizona, just because he didn't know about it doesn't mean it was a secret. There are lots of things that happen in Washington. It's a big place. It's a big country that he doesn't know about. This is one of them. There were three press conferences called, and our entire delegation wrote a letter, a public letter, which I have given to every reporter that's asked for it, asking for consideration for this. Number three, how would I know it's not a secret? Because my legislature, which is represented by 50% Republican and 50% Democrat, unanimously passed it in a public forum. So the people of Louisiana that I represent, believe me, are sick and tired of hearing their name dragged through the mud. You want to drag a name through the mud, drag mine, but leave the people I represent out of it. When the health care debate came forward and we recognized at the governor's request, and I'd ask for 30 more, um, a minute more, you know, I was consent for a minute more. When the health care debate started, our governor recognized that without this change, the state of Louisiana would lose somewhere of about $450 million because under the formula that was calculated, which is done publicly, the federal government declared that the Louisiana per capita income had increased 40%. It's never happened in the history of the United States of America. No state in no year, in no decade, even with the gold rush, even with discovering oil, even with the greatest inventions in the world, no state's income has ever, ever gone up 40%, and ours did not. The people I represent are not richer because of Katrina. We are poorer. And I will make no backup a minute to ask for help for them. So all I've asked in this bill, and we've gotten, and despite the effort on the other side to undo it, we will not undo it. All we're asking for is to let us pay the same Medicaid match that we have paid for the last 
10 years, as long as I know, Louisiana pays 30 cents, the federal government pays 70, and our people are covered. I ask for 30 more seconds, and I promise I'll end here. We're not asking for special treatment. We're asking just to pay the same amount of Medicaid as we have paid for the last 10 years. It was not done secretly. It was not done behind closed doors. And it was not done to buy my vote. My vote was given to this bill because this bill deserves it, because it's a very good piece of legislation. And I told the leader I would vote for it whether this was in it or not. But I am tired, and I am not going to sit down and not defend the people of my state. Now, the other members can speak about what they want. This isn't a sweetheart deal. It's a stunt from a senator that I would expect more from, and I yield the floor. John C. Dvorak. Dvorak. What's that? Twit. I get no spam. Dvorak.org slash blog.